This message you're about to listen to is brought to you by Victory Inheritance Ministries, the City of Hope. As you listen, may the Holy Spirit minister to you in the simplicity of the Word of God. 6, 6, 10. Will you give me scriptures on the screen? Okay. John 6, verse 6, 10. Okay, so we'll go to the book. John 6, verse 6, 10. Are you there? Okay. At this time, Jesus had just fed 5,000 men after multiplying bread and fish. The Bible says, And when even was come, so it was now evening, the sun was going down. Okay, thank you. You can hold it. Thank you. When even was now come, his disciples went down unto where? Unto the sea. And entered into a ship. And went over the sea towards where? Capernaum. So what's the destination? Capernaum. They are headed for Capernaum by sea. And I believe this church is headed somewhere in the will of God. And as individuals, life is a journey. You are going somewhere. And according to verse 17, the end of it, it says, and it was now what? Dark. Now that's not a joke. Darkness is not a joke. They are headed to a destination and it's become what? Dark. And Jesus was not with them. That's not that's that's the climax of trouble. Jesus is not there with them. It's dark. Hmm. Verse 18. What happened? The sea arose. So the sea can rise. <laughs> If you've never traveled on water, you don't understand. For the sea to rise, even if you know how to swim, it's not a joke. And sometimes in life's journey, there are things that rise up, that rise higher than you, stronger than you. 
This arose by reason of what? A great wind. That did what? Blue. Hmm. Verse 19. So when they had what? Rode about five and twenty or thirty furlongs. They see Jesus walking on the sea. What are they doing according to the beginning of that verse? So when they had rowed. Row there has to do with what? Manual efforts to take your ship on. It's not an engine work. It's manual. Muzzles. Human energy. Laboring against a sea that is risen. And there's a great wind. This wind doesn't help the journey. It's, it's not a tailwind. This is a headwind. It's in opposition. This wind is saying, you are not reaching your destination. And then Jesus, that should be the helper, is not there. Then it's dark. <laughs> you can't see your way. <laughs> what a journey. Was there any engine helping the ship or boat? How are they going? Each effort to pull water to go forward, the sea's risen against you, say you are not going anywhere. Don't blame some people for not making progress. You don't know what they are up against. <sighs> but the good news was that they see Jesus walking on the sea. Now, this Jesus is amazing. The very difficult sea for these people was what he, Jesus, was walking on. You know, remember, the sea, what, has risen. Each step Jesus took, a wave was brought down. Each step Step he took, a wave came down. Jesus, Jesus. The same waves that rose against them, he was bringing them down with each step. Each step he took, something came down. Everything that rises against you is simple for him to bring it down with one step. No wave rose above his feet. <laughs> he brought everything down. 
And the disciples concluded it's not a human being, it's a spirit. Give me that verse, the next verse. Verse 18. Verse, okay, verse. No, no, no. Go verse 20 now. Okay, 19. We didn't finish reading 19. Let's go back to 19. So when they had, okay, they see Jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh unto the sheep, and they were afraid. But he said to them, What? It is I. Be not afraid. Hmm. There is so much to know and learn of Jesus. He said, It is I. Be not afraid. <laughs> Verse 21. Then they did what? Willingly. Received him into the ship. We're going to do that. We won't reject him. We will receive him willingly. He won't force himself into your ship. You've got to willingly get him in. Let him in. He will not force himself into your life. No, 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 no. He has the power, but he waits for you to willingly receive him. As they did that. Look at how that verse ended. He said, and immediately what? The ship was where? At the land. At the land whither they went. Now, let's understand. Now, this is beyond acceleration now. Because acceleration, you talk about power to speed up and go forward. But in this case, immediately they received him into the ship. What happened? They were at land immediately. So they did. I don't know if you got that. <laughs> Meaning, they didn't speed up in that journey. No, no, no. That's beyond speed. <laughs> we don't have human words. He said immediately, meaning even the ship was transported. They didn't go by ship. The ship was now also, the ship enjoyed divine transportation. Can you imagine you just enter the car? And where you are going to, you and the car arrive there immediately and you enter the car. That happened. That is what Jesus can do with his presence in a place and in a life. Why shouldn't we willingly receive such a man? Why should we beg you to receive such a man? Who can not only give you speed, but make you get somewhere that we have no human words enough to describe it. Am I confusing you? What must we do about this Jesus? We will willingly receive him. This church 
and yourself as an individual must willingly at a new level receive him. Hmm. Wake up my sister there, the last row there. Uh -huh. Don't sleep. Near this. Uh -huh. The cameraman, the sister behind, in front of you. Don't sleep, please. What are we going to do? Willingly. We will not be like the church of Laodicea, which if you read in Revelation 3, verse 14, check that out. Revelation 3, 14, what they say there? Unto the church of Laodicea, of the Laodiceans, right. Uh -huh. Unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, do what? Right. Hmm. All right, hold it there. Jump to verse 20. Behold, what? I stand at the door. And what? And knock. Who is the one standing at the door of that church? Jesus. Now, wait a minute. Why did this church close the door and locked Christ out? What are they doing inside? Now, Jesus wanted to come into the church, interact with his people, but the door was locked. He's knocking, so the church will be left with a letter. So he said, John, write them. Now, I, I want to ask you a question. Which one do you prefer? A letter from Jesus, John writing it to send to you, or Jesus coming in. Why did they lock him out? Why is he knocking? Why have they kept him at a place where he's knocking? Check them out. Verse 15, Revelation 3, 15. He says to them, I know your works, all right? That you are neither cold nor hot. Now, look at what he knows about the church that locks him out. How will they ever be hot for God without the baptizer in the Holy Ghost and fire? Because the major assignment of Jesus is to baptize us with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now he's knocking. How will you be on fire without Christ? So let's willingly allow him in into us afresh. Let all churches in the world open up for Christ at a new level. There will be a revival. Verse 16. So then because thou art what? Lukewarm. What's lukewarm? Neither cold nor hot. We can't call you a non-believer. We can't call you a Christian. You're in between. He said, I'll spew thee out of my mouth. 
You don't have taste in my mouth. I'll spew you. I won't talk about you anymore. God forbid. Alright. So what do you see in verse 17? Because thou sayest. Did he say, hear what these people that locked themselves in and locked Christ out are saying. What did they say? I am rich and increased with goods and have need of Did you see what the level to which this church has come to? That church in Laodicea? What did they say? We are rich. We've increased with goods. We have need of nothing. You know, when you think you need nothing, you shut him out. And look at what the Lord went on to say in that verse. He said, I knowest not that what? Thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Ah, who is saying that? That Jesus looks at the church and says, you are poor. You are miserable. You are blind. You are wretched. Naked. Haba. What are they doing inside? In this condition. And the one that has power to change their life status is left out knocking. So, can you hear him call them poor? But they are increased with goods and riches. So, never you think in anything you are rich in, but Poor in God, you are still poor. Now, <laughs> you know, God allowed Solomon <laughs> to have everything any human being will look for. Mm. He had so much gold. Up to now, nobody has beaten Solomon. And you know what? At the end of his life, he became a preacher. Ecclesiastes 1, 1 verse 1 and verse 2. Check that out quickly. Let's run. Let's run. Ecclesiastes 1 verse 1 and then verse 2. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, not chapter 11, please. Chapter 1. Uh -huh. The words of who? The preacher. Who is this preacher? Son of David, king in Jerusalem. That's Solomon. He now calls himself what? A preacher. He has a message. <laughs> and what's his message? Verse 2. Vanity of vanities. Said the preacher. Vanity of vanities. How many things are vanity? All. All is vanity. You know, if you don't yet have something, you, if it was a poor man talking like this, you say, what does he know? He's a poor man talking. He doesn't know. He don't, what does he know? He hasn't tasted money. <laughs> but is anybody who will say this man is a poor man? Solomon. <laughs> if what, what have you beaten his record in? Is it women? He had 1,000 women. 700 wives, 300 girlfriends. Can you beat his record? <laughs> or his strength? <laughs> I don't know how Solo did it.
To marry one woman is not a joke. How Solo has 700? Solo, I don't know how you did it. Hey, it's not grace. <laughs> God was to show us how vain the human nature is. That if God was to bless you and he does not help to guide you, you will go into foolishness. If God blesses you and he doesn't guide you, you will go into foolishness. You will embark on projects that God has nothing to do with. How many? How many wives did he gather? 700. Where did he get that thing from? How? Oh boy, don't sleep. Oh. Wake up. Sit very well. A man had 700 wives and is still looking for girlfriend. <laughs> you know there's a problem. <laughs> and he went for 300 concubines. Eh? We have 365 days in a year. A man has 1,000 women. How? How? You know, the man could have written more books for us. How many books did Solomon write? Three. <laughs> Proverbs. <laughs> Songs of Solomon. <laughs> and Ecclesiastes. A man giving so much wisdom only gave us three books. How can he write more with 1,000 women around? <laughs> because you know, writing a book requires so much attention. How can Solo write? Each time he wants to write, Women will answer so low. When will my turn come? <laughs> but at the end, he said, Look, all is vanity. Is when you go to a funeral, you know the vanity of life. That's where you just see. It's just like when you go to, when you go to First Peter two, verse twenty-three. No, oh, give me twenty-four. Give me twenty-four. First Peter, First Peter chapter one, verse twenty-four. All flesh is what. As grass. What's he calling flesh there? Human beings. Now, those of you who re read literature in English, you understand that the word, he didn't say all flesh is like grass. He said as what? It's as. Now, as is not the same as like. If you had said like, in literature, that would be simile. But when you bring in the word as, it means what? Metaphor. is the same thing. So all flesh it's not like grass. It's grass. So in heaven, when God looks at grass and humanity, humanity and grass have, are the same level of weight. Yes. 
And all the glory of man is what? As the flower of the grass. The grass withereth. And the flower falleth away. Okay. So, whatsoever man achieves, God calls it glory. The glory of man. And what is, it, what is the name for the, another name for the glory of man there? Flower. So, okay, maybe you don't get it. Here David, the father of Solomon, hear what he will say in Psalms 39 verse 5. Psalms 39 verse 5. Am I wasting your time? Psalms 39 verse 5. What did he say there? Behold, thou hast what? Made my days as an hand breath. Hold it, hold it. He's gone mathematical. Let's see the calculation. Thou hast made my days as what? An hand breath, not hand length. He's not talking of length, now it's breath. Now, if you talk of your hand length, that is long. But hand breath means we're going to go across. Now, no matter how wide your palm is, the breath is short. So it's maybe two and a half. Yeah. So the man says, hear what King David said. He lived more than a hundred years old before he died. He said, Lord, you have made my days as an hand breath. Sister, you've gone again. Come back. Don't sleep. If I catch you sleeping again, I'll make you stand up. <laughs> now, I, I want you to say this. Thou hast made my days. Wise men in the Bible never calculated their existence in years. If you calculate your existence, existence in years, you would think you have time. Those who calculate in days know they don't have time to play with. So he said in another place in the book of Psalms, Lord, help us to number our days. Why? That we may apply our hearts to wisdom. When you think you have years, you can play around. When you know you have days, you don't play. You know, when Jesus came into the world, Jesus was not talking of years or even days. He was talking of hours. You say, my hour has not come. My hour. He was living in, in hours. And you know, are you trying to find those who are sleeping? Don't worry, just leave that to me. Just leave. Just stay in one place. Thank you very much. Thank you. Can I go on? Okay, so. You know, the man that lived longest in human history was Methuselah. 
How long did he live? 969 years. In other words, no human being ever lived up to 1,000 years. And in God's calculation, a day is as a thousand years. Meaning, nobody actually lived up to one day in human history. Because what God initially planned was for man to live forever. There shouldn't have been death until Adam and Eve disobeyed God. That's why those who lived in the earlier times, they lived up to 900 years. Somebody will be 500 years old and you still be having children. <laughs> oh, Lord. So, David, so if somebody died at a hundred years old, today they will say, Kai, the person lived long. What was this he doing here? <laughs> but if you go with that calculation, a thousand a day is as a thousand years, a thousand years a day. If somebody lives up to a hundred years, it means how long has he lived? Just like two hours. One tenth of a day. So David said, You have made my days as an handbreadth, and my age is as nothing before thee. Nobody approaches God as an old man, say, God, do you respect my age? <laughs> How do you face the ancient of days and talk of your days? How long you have been? Hmm. He says, my age is as nothing before thee. Now look at the next line. Are you there? Verily, every man at what? His best. At his best state is altogether vanity. Has, is anybody here at his best state already? We are all striving for something better. So, but David said, the father of Solomon said, when you finally arrive at your best, you are altogether vanity. Don't allow vanity rob you of true glory. The true glory is his very life that is everlasting. Young man with coat, no sleep. Sit where, where? Now you. Oh boy, now you. Good morning. <laughs> Am I wasting your time? <laughs> All right. Hmm. All right. How did they get across to Capernaum? They willingly accepted him into the ship. Did they speedily get to Capernaum? How did they get to Capernaum? Immediately. As he stepped in. Now, if he can make a ship arrive immediately at destination, then giving you speed is not a problem. Have I confused you? 
if he can make a ship arrive at destination immediately, then increasing your speed, giving you momentum, is not a problem. But the question is, will you willingly receive him? Will you keep him knocking at the door of your life? Will you hear his voice knocking, saying, allow me in. Don't lock me out. Hmm. You know, he always gives us choices. <laughs> I, I want to show you something quickly as I run, because I'll soon bring you to a closure. When you go to when Jesus was crucified, go to Luke 23, 39. Luke 23, 39. When Jesus was on the cross, he was not the only one crucified that day. There were two men who were crucified alongside with him, right? One on his right-hand side, the other on the left-hand side. So what do you see there? One of the male factors which were hanged or nailed to the cross uh, railed on him. Hmm. Saying, if thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. Now, these two young men that were crucified that day, it was by divine arrangement. Let me explain. These young boys were robbing and stealing in the days Jesus was preaching in their towns. But each time Jesus would enter their town, they would take another road. They were avoiding Jesus. Until even society was tired of them and they were arrested as robbers and murderers. But in God's wisdom and plan of love and mercy, God make sure they will die near Jesus that they have been avoiding. To give them final chance. Let's see what these two young men will do with their chance. They're about to die. And God allowed them to die near the Redeemer. And what did the first one do? He railed at Christ. He's abusing Christ. Saying, if thou be the Christ, I don't recognize you as Christ. If you are, if you are, prove by saving yourself first. Hmm. Verse 40. But the other, his colleague, his fellow thief, answering, did what? Rebuked him, said, Mechon, close your mouth. Saying, dost thou, dost not thou fear God? So it means the fear of God is in this fellow robber. Dost not thou fear God? Seeing that thou art in the same condemnation. Verse 41. And we indeed justly, 
We are condemned truly because we did wrong. But this man. But this man has done nothing amiss. And he said to Jesus. Lord. The man is about to die. He's making a final decision. Hell was so sure to receive him. But he said to Jesus. Lord. Remember me when thou comest into your kingdom. Meaning, I don't see you as a criminal as we are. You are a king in charge of a kingdom and I want to be part of it. Remember me. Verse 43. And Jesus said to him, Verily, Jesus is physically exhausted. They have they arrested him the other night. They've been beating him. He's bloody. Soldiers have beaten him. He has suffered for you and me. Bodily at the point he's weak when he was carrying the cross. Somebody had to help him. He said to him, change your story forever. Thou shalt be with me in paradise. That was the first man to benefit from his death. But the man asked for it. Mm. Verse 44. And it was what hour? Sixth hour means 12 midday. Hmm. Now, his colleague heard what Jesus just said. Telling his friend, today you will be with me in paradise. What should he have done? He said, okay, forgive me, I railed at you. Will Jesus have forgiven him or not? He would have forgiven him. Because the Roman soldiers that were nailing Jesus with six inches of nails. Bah! What did Jesus say? Father, forgive them. They know not what they are doing. Eh? Has somebody ever carried a needle to chuck you small? What was your response? <laughs> eh? They are using six inches nail with big hammer and they are nailing Jesus. Bah! And he has a heart to say, Father, they don't know what they are doing. Forgive them. Habba. What kind of love and heart is this? This is the sixth hour. And I want you to know there's a reason why I'm making you count the hours. And the, this was about the sixth hour. And there was what? Darkness over all the earth. Until when? So when did this say to, the, uh, to that, uh, that Robert, today you will be with me in paradise? About the sixth hour. From that point, the darkness was upon the earth for the next three hours. Right? Uh -huh. Read verse 45. And the sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst. Verse 46. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. He died. 
So from the point he said to that one thief, today you will be in paradise. To the point he gave up the ghost. How many hours? Three hours. Why the three hours? Let's find out. He was giving opportunity to the other thief. For the next three hours. To decide. To join his friend in paradise. But he closed his mouth. And he's in hell right now. And the greatest regret is that he's not in hell because of his sins. He's in hell because he refused to take opportunity. You can imagine how he feels there now. Say, ah, I came close to the Savior, but I never got saved. None of us who is saved today was because we are better than others. In fact, some of us were worse than most others. You know, before my conversion, I used to be so bad that even bad people said I was bad. So you know, if bad people say you are bad, it means... <laughs> I lived a very bad, rough life before my conversion. I was a raster man to the car. I didn't get, if my day started smoking marijuana, the day started well. Any drug I didn't take in my time was because I didn't see it. <laughs> and those days before I go out in the morning, apart from smoking marijuana, I must talk to evil spirits before I go out. Because my late grandfather was well known for demonic activities from my own land. And he would say to me, I help the king of the land. I help that great native doctor. When, they, when a man is helping a native doctor, then you know that he's senior. <laughs> hmm. If I wanted to catch a girl, I was a DJ. It was an easy, normal social life. But if a girl was difficult, I had a padlock. I just called the name and pressed the lock. And I'll mix up a concussion that I'll put in the food the girl will eat. And that con <laughs> oh God. That concussion will have my first saliva in the morning and my first urine in the morning. I'll mix it up and put in the food she will eat. But before she eats the food, I'll give part of the food to a dog to eat first. After the dog has eaten and she now eats, as a dog follows the master, so will the girl follow me. So here some girls say, I don't know why I like this man. Hey, you don't chop. Was I bad? <laughs> we vibrated for Emperor Harley Selassie of Utopia. Called him the Lord of Lords and the Savior. Not name it. All the honor meant for Christ, we transferred it and gave it to Emperor Haile Selassie and worshipped him. Part of my plan was to go to Jamaica and have my own reggae band. But after Christ caught me, 
and now take the gospel to Jamaica. And for, some of you may not know that when Bob used to sing, of course, you know, there were three ladies that sang with him, his wife, Rita. Then uh, there was Marcia Griffiths. Then Judy Moat. Judy Moat, the third lady, the, the I had three ladies. The third lady, Judy Moat, is now born again. She's gone to Bible school. One of the times I was in Jamaica, she came to give me her reggae gospel music. What am I saying here? This man was given three hours. Jesus would have given up the ghost immediately. He said to the one, today you will be in paradise. But three hours was given. And that man squandered the three hours. He wasted it. Please don't waste this opportunity to turn to Christ. Please. Please. <clears throat> Let me run because I must bring it to a closure. So, what are we going to do at every level? Yours may be at the level of salvation. You need him to save your soul. Willingly receive him. In any aspect of life, you need speed. Be it a church as we are or in your destiny, we must receive him willingly because he carries the answers for all issues. Everything you are talking about, there's nothing Jesus doesn't have the answer for. He created the heavens and the earth. Have I confused you? <laughs> okay, let me break it down this way. Give me Psalms 27. Psalm 20 verse 27. No, Proverbs 20 verse 27. Proverbs 20, 27. Are you still with me? Proverbs 20, 27. The spirit of man is what? The candle of the Lord. Hold it. Any human being that is still alive is because the spirit is in the body. If the spirit leaves the body, what do we say has happened? Death has occurred. So, but another name for your human spirit is what there? Candle. Now, candles are not originally made for decoration. Darkness is the reason why candles are made, to deal or address darkness. Right? However, no candle comes originally with light. So even though your spirit in you is a candle, your life is still going with darkness. Because no candle comes originally with light until it is lit. So don't write off any human being you see, drunkard or harlot. As long as they're still alive, there's a candle inside and it means there's hope. Any human being you see alive, it means the spirit is still inside. It means a candle is there. It means there's hope for light. Never write of anyone. I've preached this gospel. This is almost 40 years now I've been preaching around. There's no virtually all, this, all the parts of this nation that have not traveled around preaching. Sokoto, Funtua, Katsina, Maiduguri, I've entered all those places preaching. Down to the river. I lived in River State for eight years. So all those riverine areas, I've traveled them, um, all kinds of things. All the five continents in the world, I've physically entered them. 
carrying the gospel. I remember one time I was taking a meeting in Honduras. About seven of us left Atlanta to Honduras. Five of us were whites, two of us blacks. I was the only one that came from here. And uh, great things happened. So one white lady said to me amongst who came along with us. She's a missionary. She's traveled around the world. She said, Sam, this anointing I see on you will do a good work in India. Have you been there yet? I said, not yet. She said, I'm going to tell them about you. And that she did. This was uh, February 2011. The month of March, I was back to Nigeria. She sent me an email with details of a ministry in India she had told about me. Gave me their details, their phone numbers, email address, and all that, and website. But I wanted to talk. So one day from Nigeria here, I called India. I called one of the numbers. And somebody took the call. Wanted to know who I was. I introduced myself. He was excited on the other end of the phone. And said, this was now March 2011. And said, please come over next month to preach to us in India. I said, no, that's too sudden. I want to come, but it's too sudden. I said, Next month, you want me to come April? I'm already built for Canada. I can't come. So I said, okay. I can remember my international itinerary. June that year, I was going to have some meetings in England. I said, from England, I have space. Instead of coming back to Nigeria, I will go on from England to India, then back to Indi England, then back to Nigeria. He grabbed it. But before I dropped the call, I remember the dream that I had 22 years before. I had a dream in Port Harcourt. And in that dream, I saw a man from India by the name Raja inviting me to five cities in India. But this man's name that the lady, the white lady gave me was Pastor Nehemiah Christy Solomon. So I was just telling him the dream I had 22 years before. He said, stop, my local name here is Raja. I needed 22 years to prepare for that journey. So I don't go to quote scripture that I cannot demonstrate. Because it's one thing to quote a scripture. It's another thing to demonstrate that scripture. You can't demonstrate a scripture you are not acquainted with. You can't demonstrate a scripture that has not become your life. The word was made flesh. And dwelt among them. And we saw amazing works in India. Hmm. One of the locations there was a mad woman. That's been mad for over 20 years roaming the roads. The power of God came on hand. The demons left her. The Hindu priest in that area saw what happened and gave his life to Christ. And then gave part of his land to church, to build church. Another location, before they brought me from my hotel to start preaching. A madman who had been violently mad for 18 years came to the crusade ground and was beating people. When I arrived, they gave me the microphone to preach. After preaching... I made altar call for people to come give their lives to Christ. As people were coming, the madman started coming too. People were afraid that he was coming to attack me. But the closer he came, I don't know what he meant. He was on the ground. When he finally got up, he was asking the people around him that who pushed him down. He started talking intelligently because something has happened to his intellect now. He said, who pushed him down? They said, nobody touched you. Then he said, while he was on the ground, some things were moving in him. And he saw a man walk out of him and run away. That was the end of 18 years of madness. And you know what? This miracle the Lord did was on a Thursday night. 
Sunday morning, I was to be speaking in a church location in a, in a church two hours drive from his location. He went to the pastors around him and met and asked them, Where is that black man preaching? He wants to be there. So Sunday morning, they gave him clothes, gave him a Bible, and brought him to church. And he sat in church as if he's never been mad. There's a lot to be done. This church is on great commissioning. There's a great assignment. There's something great God wants to do with this assembly. But hear me. It takes men God has affected to make a vision a reality. Don't be begged to make what God wants to do here happen. Let not your contribution be a thing we beg you for. Know that you have a calling. You could have been somewhere else. But God has allowed you to be here for a reason. So, we must willingly receive him. The next 10, 15 minutes, I'm done. Will you fight me for that? Against that? Alright, let me tidy it up. So, what do you see? Go to chapter 3 of John verse 8. John 3, 8. John 3, verse 8. Oh boy, are you with us? Good morning. Raise your head up. What are you doing there? You are checking something there. Put eye up here now. Don't check anything now. Look me here. <laughs> John 3, 8. You know, David played the harp and demons left Saul. I want to see that kind of Christian music. That while you're playing the instrument, demons are not comfortable. Unfortunately, now we sing and demons dance. So I, I want you to be alive here. That you can be singing and miracles begin to happen in the place. People say cancer has disappeared while you are singing. You can't sing out cancer if God has not sung a new song into your life. Oh God. John 3 verse 8. The wind. That's what? Blow it. Where? It listed. Brother, you are going somewhere. Huh. The wind. Blow it. Where? It listed. You hear the sound. But you can't tell where it's coming from. And where it's going. How did Jesus end that verse? So is how many? Everyone that is born of the Spirit. Hmm? Let's understand the matter quickly. Everyone the Holy Ghost gave birth to. Anyone born again is a wind. Blowing where they are going. Hear me. There are destinations you can't arrive if you can't blow your way. This is not a cool breeze journey. Look. When wind is wind and is going somewhere, what does it do to obstacles on the way? It uproots them. The reason why you talk more of opposition and obstacle is that you are not wind enough. If it's breeze, what does breeze do? It blows around and changes course when it meets something stronger than itself. 
you may not arrive where God is taking you if you are just Sister Breeze. Brother Breeze. You are not yet a wind. You know, the law of reproduction from Genesis is that every living thing will give birth to its kind. Right? Goat will born goat. Monkey will born monkey. Human being will give birth to human being. So what should the Holy Spirit give birth to? He will give birth to spirit. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh. Whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. Hmm. How did the Holy Spirit come on the day of Pentecost? Acts chapter 2, verse 2. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of what? A rushing mighty wind. If he gave back to you, there must be something in your nature that is connecting who can connect you to this Holy Spirit. Mighty, rushing wind. That's what rushing talks of unusual speed. Acceleration. Power. Nothing stood on his, on his path. Nothing stands in the... You see, angels, in the days of Daniel, uh, the prince of Persia withstood the angel God sent. For 21 days. But I've never read anywhere the Holy Ghost was going somewhere and something stood on his path. <laughs> Who burned that devil? Sometimes when you read about it, Jesus said, if I by the finger of God cast out devils. So it's a finger matter. Then, then you get to a point, you know, it talks of the right hand of God. Have you read that? God, the Bible keeps talking about the right hand of God. The hand, right hand, right hand. Why is he talking of right hand only? Is it that God is a one-handed person? No. The reason why God keeps talking about one hand like that is because there is nothing that requires his two hands. Nothing. Nothing requires God's two hands. It's not in your case. God needs to employ two hands. What is your weight? What's the weight of your problem? It's just like when you read Isaiah 64, verse 1. Just check that out a little. I'll soon leave you. No verse with me. <laughs> Isaiah 64, verse 1. Oh, that thou wouldest what? Rend the heavens. That thou wouldest what? Come down. That what may happen? That the mountains might flow down at thy presence. Now let's understand. Now in English language, it's unreasonable and unacceptable to say mountains flow. It's rivers that flow. It's liquids that flow. But when God comes on a mountain, he has melting energy. Come boy. <laughs> when 
presence carries power to convert solid to liquid. So even mountains will flow. <laughs> so what you call a mountain is because of your presence. But God's presence never calls something a mountain. So if you remain in your human presence, you are only establishing mountains around you. Seek his presence. Those who are content with their presence never seek his presence. Those who think their presence is enough for them will go about in life meeting unusual mountains that they can never handle. Mm. Hmm. I, I want to show you something. Can I? The day Jesus died. If you go now to the account of Matthew. Matthew 27 verse 50. Check it out. Matthew 27 50. Jesus. When he had cried again with a loud voice, he yielded up the ghost. He did what? That means he died. He yielded up the ghost. Now what happened immediately? Verse 51. And behold, what? The veil of the temple was what? Rent in twain from the top to the bottom. Now this is the first thing God made sure was addressed. This veil is a curtain that separates the Holy of Holies where the Ark of Covenant is, where the high priest alone is permitted to go to see God once in a year. Are you with me? Yes, Only the high priest went beyond this veil. But when Jesus died, God did not shift the curtain. He didn't draw the veil. He rent it. If he had sh shifted it, it means we can return to it. Meaning, that which made one man only represent you before God is torn. You can now come to God. Jesus has paid the price. Unfortunately, one of the sins of the clergy one of the sins of preachers is that many of us preachers have become tailors. Tailoring back what heaven tore. So that we can keep entering and they, we enter on the behalf of people and they never see God themselves. Yeah, so that they keep coming. So that as long as I entered for you, then I can say, give me, uh, you know I enter for you. Oh, yeah, I can see for you. Oh yeah, ego. Money, 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 money. <laughs> bring it, bring it. I've entered for you. This man entered for me. <laughs> Am I confusing you? <laughs> Did you see that word rent? Another word for rent means was to tear. Let no
no man tailor back what God has torn. Let men come to God. Jesus has paid the price. Jesus. What's the end of that verse? And the earth did quake. And the rocks rent. Wait a minute. Rocks rent? Do, do you rent rocks normally? What do you do to rocks? You break or blast. But when Jesus died, he paid the price for the unleashing of rending power. Power to even tear what you call rock. So is your case a rocky case? Is your condition like rock? I say, Kai, you don't know how rock this case is. So it's hard. Leave it. Happy, huh? Leave the matter. Jesus provided power to rend rocks. He doesn't break rocks. He rends them. Just like you tear cloth. Now, so in the tear rock. <laughs> you don't have a case that is not terrible. It's you that is calling it rock. But in heaven, they say this is a terrible matter. <laughs> you may say this is a mountain. In heaven, they say, ah, if we come, this thing will flow. <laughs> we will willingly welcome him. I'm watching for a moment. Like I was telling my dear friend, our senior pastor, when we, he took me to the building to look at it. I said, all those sites, you people are going to be taking them. Because when God is doing a genuine work, where a man is lifting up Christ, you can't tell how far that work will go. Those that are doing many things that look like they are doing something, give it time. There are things that will fizzle away with time. Anything that is not the word of God will go with time. So what do you say about this wind? He said, everyone that is born of the spirit is a wind. Blowing where it listed. Have you discovered that in the western hemisphere, all the western worlds, winds have names, wonderful names. Hurricane, tornado, <laughs> Catherine. <laughs> Meaning of course, you know that sometimes if you are to take a flight and those winds are coming, what do, we, what do they do at the airports? They close flight. Flights are not flying. Schools are closed. They say, why? They say, wind is coming. Can you imagine when next you are going to your village and which, witches who are to gather about you say, ah, we can't hold meeting. Sister, sister wind is coming. Brother, wind is coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord <laughs> wind is known for strength and speed so the, the strength you need for this speedy onward forward journey the Lord is increasing the might of the Holy Ghost in your life and my life The power to accelerate. 
to move forward against all odds. They lie in the Holy Ghost. They lie in the Holy Ghost. I'm asking the Lord as we tidy up in this prayer moment shortly. Look at what, what the apostles prayed. In Acts chapter 4 verse 29. Acts 4.29. Quickly. Acts 4.29. And now Lord what? Behold their threatenings. And grant unto your servant, your servants, that with all boldness they may speak thy word. So, the apostles were threatened. They were told no more to speak in the name of Jesus. So, they are in prayer, saying to the Lord, grant unto your servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. Next verse. How will that happen? By stretching forth thine hand to heal and the signs and wonders may be done by the name of the Lord, the Holy Child Jesus. Hmm. I'm expecting that not too long the healing anointing will begin to manifest by your word ministry. You have been known for the word. But there's a manifestation of the word which is healing and signs that will soon accompany that. The Lord will do it. Amen. How will it happen? They said, by stretching forth thine hand. Hmm. You know, no human being goes about with a stretched hand. Do you see anybody going about and the hand is like this? What's the normal state of a hand? At rest. Even God, his hand is at rest until there's a reason to bring it out. God, don't leave me with my hands out and your hand is down. Oh God. Thank you, Father. When God stretches out this hand, there are results you never saw with your own hand that that hand will bring. Even these apostles that had seen amazing things from Acts chapter 2, they are still asking for the hand. Meaning, there's no level of anointing you get to that you will no more need his hand. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. What's the end of that verse? God was with him. Why should God need to still be with him when he's so anointed? Father, we thank you. That the next level of acceleration of speed that some of us from this day because we are willingly receiving you into our lives, into our situations, into our boats, our ships, our ministries, our destinies, our businesses. We will, we will be amazingly arrive at destinations that will amaze us and amaze people. Amen. Just two minutes. Give me that verse as we end it. John, where we started. John 6. 
we'll go to verse 25, right? 21. Okay, give me 21 again. Let's, let me check that out. John 6, 21. Quickly, quickly. Then they willingly received him into the ship. And immediately the ship was where? Huh. Verse 22. The day following, when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there, save the one where into his disciples were entered, and that Jesus went not with his disciples. Are you following the matter? Jesus went not with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away how? Alone. Everybody knew that it was only the disciples that entered the ship. They didn't see Jesus enter. Are you following? And there was no other boat by which Jesus would cross to the other side. Uh -huh. Next verse. How be it? There came other boats from Tiberias, nigh unto the place where they did eat bread, after that the Lord had given thanks. Verse 24. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, what did they do? Neither his disciples. What did they do? They also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. Seeking for Jesus. Verse 25. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, what? Rabbi. When? That's the question people will be asking you. When? But let me reframe that question. How did you come here? However, their question is also relevant. When? But there is a how that made it that he could be here on this side. You are going to be asked questions shortly. How did you get here? When did you get here? That is the next question that people are going to be asking you. Amen. We saw you on this side. We didn't know how you made your... How did you get here? Some people don't know you have been walking quietly. Doing your ministry quietly with no noise. But very soon, when they will hear what God is doing with you, they say, how did you get here? When? Because the involvement of the divine, of the supernatural, will determine you are arriving where you should arrive soon. Jesus. There are places I've entered. <laughs> the first time I entered Mexico as a country, I had no visa. How did I enter? I was, I was flying to America. I got to this, uh, as I got to the airport here, I called a friend, a white friend in America. I said, friend, I'm coming into the States. He said, oh, please make plans. We'll cross the border from Texas. You know, Texas has borders with Mexico. So he said, make plans. We'll cross over. I said, I don't have a visa for Mexico. He said, we'll pray. You will cross. I said, what? 
this was going to be my first time trusting God for the unusual like this. After some meetings I had in New York and then some, uh, some other states then arrived in Texas, we were to cross the border in the car. I'm the only black man in the car. As we get to the immigration, on the other, for, them to, for them to allow us in, they only look at us and look at me. I'm the only black person. Nobody said, bring your passport. They just said, go. <laughs> you don't understand. There are anointings reserved for unusual messengers. Oh, God. <laughs> Let me leave the matter there. Let me close this matter. When you go to John, what are people going to be asking you according to the scripture? How did you get here? How? Not be you where we know like this. How you how you reach here? How you get this? How? How? What I counsel you with is. John 19, 38. Thank you for your patience. But you know, even if I release you to go quickly, where are you going to? We say normally, goodness and mercy shall follow us. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord for two hours. So stay here forever, friend. <laughs> Those days when we boogied for the devil, we spent all night dancing for the devil. Now, why come here and you're just looking at your time? <laughs> I know Jesus is coming back. I pray he comes on a Sunday. I pray he comes during church service. That way many of us, I think, will make heaven. But if service closes and he comes, where he will meet you, you may not <laughs> make it. <laughs> John 19.38 And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but how? Secretly. I advise you, I beg you, don't hide your identity in Christ. Don't be a secret lover of Jesus. Let the world know you belong to him. You don't know who you will be saving by your coming out to show you the light. There are people that are yet to come here to join you, but they will come not through the pastor. They will come through your life as individuals. You affect other lives. It's just like the candle I told you about. Huh? You remember? Your spirit is the candle of the Lord. How does it light candles? Have you ever lit a candle before? You bring out a matchbox and pull out some matchsticks and then come close and strike. You spark a light and then, then the immediate darkness around it gives way. But you see, when you light a candle, you don't look for somewhere under to put it. There are some ups you are saying God should place you. He said, I don't play, I don't look for an up for an unlit candle. It's when you light a candle or a lamp that you look for a top to place it. When God lights a life, he takes responsibility where to place it. That the light may shine forth. How do you light a candle? According to, to John 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. Do you remember? 
Verse 2. The same was with God. That's John 1, 1. Verse 2 now. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Verse 2. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 3. All things were made by Him. So the Word is a Him. is a person. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. That is Jesus. Verse 4. In Him was life. And his life was what? The light of men. So, John, okay, verse 5. And the light shineth where? <laughs> and darkness comprehended it not. The word to comprehend means to understand. In other words, anytime light shines, darkness says, I don't understand this. So, when God lights your life with the life of Jesus, Darkness henceforth, because darkness is also a constitution of lives that are, that are the opposite of God. When the kingdom of darkness looks at you, they say, we don't understand this man. It's a life that witches understand that they can know what to do. Can you imagine the next time they call your name to appear on the mirror? It's no more your natural life that appears. But Christ shows up. What will they do with Christ? The reason why they know what to do with you is you. When they call your name, you show up. But let them call you and henceforth Christ shows up. <laughs> There's trouble for darkness. <laughs> Isn't the light shines where? In darkness and darkness. So we don't understand this. I shouldn't be afraid of a secret court because I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. They should be afraid of me because I prayed from a higher secret place. Oh God. So, verse 9, jump to verse 9. Verse 9. That was a true light referring to Jesus. He's the true light, which does what? Lighted every man. That comes into the world. So when God wants to light a life. What does he do? He sparks Christ on that candle. A spark of the life. The grave could not hold. Breaks. Every generational background issue. There is no background. No covenant. Stronger than his covenant on the cross. Christ is sacrificed for you. And somebody sacrificed chicken against you. Which one should win? Eh? Chicken. Chicken will not get himself. Oh God. Am I confusing you here? Let me close. I've, I've take, I'm sorry I took your time, Pastor. Let me end it. Give me that John 19.38. We saw this man as what? A secret disciple. Don't be secret anymore about Jesus. For fear of the Jews. He but he repented on the day Jesus died. He was no more going to be a secret disciple. He besought Pilate that Pilate might give him the body of Jesus that he will handle the barrier. So what? Pilate gave him leave. 
He came therefore and took the body of Jesus. Are you there? Verse 39. Finally, what do you see? And there also came Nicodemus. Hey. I'm closing my Bible on this matter. What do you see in verse 39? Hmm. There came also who? Do you know we can do without this verse? You understand why I said so? Number one, how did that verse, look at the language in that verse, and there came also. If you are to pigeonize, pigeonize, pigeonize the grammar there, make it in pigeon English, what will it be? Into follow come. He's not a major person in this story. He came also. But what's the trouble? This Nicodemus is the one which at the first. Why should the man who came first at, in chapter 3, that held born again first, is now in, in just follow come? He just came also. He should have been at the forefront of the matters. But he's coming also at the end. And the number of you who have been in the forefront of the kingdom. Something is pulling you back to come also. When? It shouldn't be you contributing also. Mm, you are not to be an also person. You should be major. But you are doing now also. also. But do you know when he came also, what did he bring? A mixture of man, alloys, about a hundred pounds in weight. What for? He wants to prepare the body of Jesus for burial. Do you know in chapter 12, a woman did it already. When that woman broke a alabaster box of oil, what did Jesus say? For burial has this woman prepared me. So, what Nicodemus is trying to do, a woman has done it. Some of you, what you may try to do later, somebody has done it. May you not come with your plenty money and plenty and say, I want to help God's work. And say, ah, in heaven, they say somebody has done it. You missed your chance. Ah! How did Nicodemus come first? In chapter 3. And at the end, he's coming last. Father, have mercy on us. We willingly receive into our lives afresh. Have your way. Say after me, Lord Jesus. I open up my heart. Come in afresh. Revolutionize my life. Change me. Put a new level of divine speed in me. Make my life arrive in destinations of your goodwill. Thank you for hearing me. Amen. I speak to your system. Whatever you are sick. Wherever you are bound, let chains melt away. Amen. Let the goodness and the mercies of God flood your body. Let your kidneys be healed. Let your bloodstream be healed. Let every cell in your body be healed by the energy of God. In the name of Jesus. Let doors blast open for you. May that which is your portion never be given to another. Thank you, Father, for hearing us. Lord, let this church enter the next phase. 
that you have planned for it gloriously, powerfully. Let questions begin to arise from all over the place. How did you get here? When did it happen? How? How? I will tell them it is Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this message. To experience more, visit us on Wednesdays by 6.30 p.m. and Sundays 8.30 a.m. at Victory Inheritance Ministries, Plot 25, Block A, Kusela Road, Ikate, Elegushi Waterfront, Fort Roundabout, along Konoyo Gas Station, Lekki, Lagos, Nigeria. Or follow us on Facebook at Victory Inheritance Ministries. Or you can email us at vimministries at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. God bless you.